right, today we're going to begin in the book of Ephesians. The last several Sundays we've been in the book of Philippians. So turn back one book to the previous uh, epistle of Paul to the church of Ephesus, the Ephesians, chapter 1. And we'll be spending the next few Sundays... Uh, in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians has six chapters, so Lord willing, we'll be be in the book of Ephesians for at least six more Sundays um, until we get close to Christmas, and then uh, as the Lord leads, we'll look more towards um, sermons that deal with, with that. But until then, let's look at the first chapter of the book of Ephesians, and it says in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he has chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance in verse 11, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to his counsel and his will. Verse 12, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with a promise, with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise, to his praise and his glory. Verse 15, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you, 
What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and he's put all things under his feet and gave him as head of all things to the church which is the body and fullness of him who fills all in all this is the word of god for the people of god praise be to god so here in the book of ephesians I have noted 14 spiritual blessings that Paul describes to us about our faith. In verse 3, he tells us that he has blessed us. In verse 4, he says that God has chosen us. In verse 5, he has predestined us. In verse 7, he says that he's redeemed us and he has lavished his grace upon us. In verse 9, he makes known his will to us. In verse 10, he shows us what are his plans for us. Verse 11, he gives us an inheritance. Verse 12, he gives us He makes us his praise to him. Verse 13, he seals us with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, he gives us a spirit of wisdom. Verse 18 is my favorite. He opens the eyes of our hearts. Verse 18 also, he shows us the hope of our calling. Verse 19, he shows us the greatness of his power. And the last one, verse 22, he shows us his authority and dominion. Praise God for the blessings that he has lavished upon us. So let's return to uh, verse 3. Verse 1 and 2 are Paul's greeting and opening of his letter to the Ephesians. Verse 3, we see the first spiritual blessing that Paul describes to us. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So God has blessed his church And Paul here was speaking to the people of Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, teaching them about the things that God, the blessings that God has bestowed on us. And he says here that God has blessed us, how? Through Christ. And what did he give us? 
He gave us every spiritual blessing. We operate in a very state of richness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us so many blessings, so many abilities, so many things that it empowers us to do as we live for Christ. And he says that these spiritual blessings come from above, from heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul, in another scripture, I believe in Galatians, he says, and we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has blessed us with a spiritual blessing. There is an anointing. There is a spiritual blessing upon all those who believe. Let's look at verse 4. Even as he chose us. You see, you have been selected. You have been selected. You have been chosen. God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before him. So he chose us. But why did he choose us? He chose us to be his holy nation, to be his holy people. Paul wrote that he has called us to be kings and priests. We're not just to lead our people as kings, but we're to be holy people, people of holiness. The Bible says that God's called us and set us apart, that we're supposed to be a peculiar race of people, different from the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world because God has chosen us out of his people, out of his creation. He has chosen us as a holy people, sanctified unto him. And it says here in verse 5, not only has he chosen us before the world was founded, He had us in mind. Verse 5, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons. You see, we were orphans. We were lost. We were wandering in our sins in this world. But God saw us wandering the streets of this world as an orphan. And he said, I'm going to take little Stanley Garland right there who is alienated from me who is an orphan in this world, spiritually, apart from Christ, not part of him, not part of his body, not linked to him by faith. And I'm going to take that orphan and I'm going to adopt him as a son. And he's going to receive that inheritance of faith and he's going to become like a son. Okay? So God has adopted us because he chose us from before the foundation of the world. You know, we are, we are as, as Christians, and in our particular uh, group, we are Methodists, we're Arminians. Um, the other camp is the Calvinists. They believe very strongly in predestination. They think God chose who he was going to choose before the foundation of the world, and they think that... Um, God decided who was going to hell and who was going to heaven. But we as Arminians, as Methodists, we believe that God, when he created us, one of the, the Bible says that he breathed into Adam the breath of life, 
and he became a living soul, we believe that one of the things that God imparted to man was a free will. God has a free will. He is a determining God. He can choose this or that. He can, he's uh, able to do that. And he gave that ability to choose to human beings. He gave us a free will. And we operate within that free will to choose God or to reject him. But God in his sovereign vision throughout the ages and all eternity, he looked across eternity and he saw us. And he said, I know that that boy right there, Stanley Garland, is going to choose me. And he's going to be my son. He knew that I was going to be his son. And he said, I'm going to adopt that, that young man right there. And I'm going to bring him into my family. And he's going to receive an inheritance. So you see, God did not create robots that he forced us to do what he wanted to do. He didn't predetermine that we would do what we would do. But God gave us the gift of his free will as a, an attribute of him. And that free will allowed us to choose or to reject God. And God in his foreknowledge and his sovereignty and his dominion over all of his creation, he looked throughout the ages, across the ages of time, and he saw me and he said, he's going to choose me and he's going to be my son. So God had a, he said, you know, and I got a plan for him. So God created a plan, and he ordered my paths, and he put, his, he put things in the way of me. He put barriers in the way so that as I walked along life's road, I would encounter things that would lead me to him. And that's what we call as Methodists prevenient grace. God had grace and mercy for me right down there as in the rags of dirtiness and sin. And he knew that I did not deserve God, that I did not deserve adoption into his family. But he had mercy upon me. He had grace and he extended his grace to me even while I was yet a sinner. He died for me and he loved me even though I didn't deserve it. And he gave his prevenient grace, the grace that goes before, the grace that draws me to him. And he put barriers, he put people, he put preachers, he put Christian, he put the word of God, he put all these things together to lead me to him. Because he had purposed me in verse 6. Verse 5, he predestined us for adoption to his family, to be sons through Christ Jesus according to the purpose of his will. When somebody says God has a purpose for your life, he does. God's purpose for all humanity is that they repent and be saved and come unto him. God, the Bible says, God would not that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God has a plan for every human soul if you are willing to accept it. And he predestined us to be his son through Christ Jesus according to the purpose of his will. God has a will and a plan for all of us. In verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. Now, in my Bible, that word beloved is capitalized because it refers to Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. 
God's only begotten son, his beloved son, he said from the, from the uh, crown of glory, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God has purposed us for his praise in verse 6. He has purposed us through his glorious grace. In verse 7, we see the next thing that he's blessed us with. In him, we have redemption through his blood. So God has redeemed us. He has redeemed us. Some time ago, I got a ticket, and on that ticket, it said, um, redeem this ticket for a free whatever. So I could go to that store, and I could get something that I had, and I could redeem it. You see, God has redeemed us. He has bought us with a price, and that price was his blood on the cross of Calvary. And it says here in verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood you see we were born in sin and iniquity our souls were tarnished with our sin our sinful nature and not only were we born in sin but after we came up and grew we participated in sin okay so we were unworthy we were unworthy we were that lamb that could not be a sacrifice we were a, a lamb that we had plenty of spots and plenty of blemishes. But God redeemed us, and the Bible says that he washed us with his blood. So even though we were an unworthy uh, soul, we were an unworthy to be his son, we were unworthy of, a, of adoption, he bought us. You see, the Bible uh, shows us as an illustration of the slave the slave who was uh, owned by another. We had things wrong with us. We were an unworthy slave. We weren't a slave that you'd want to purchase. But God bought us with a price. And he redeemed us and freed us from the bondage of sin and death. We were a slave to sin. We were a slave. And now we're a free man and a free woman in Christ Jesus. He redeemed us through his blood and he gave us here the re the forgiveness of our sins and trespasses according to the riches of his grace so he forgave us of our sins he forgave us of our shortcomings he forgave us of our unworthiness and he placed his blood upon us and washed us clean he made us an acceptable son for him according to the riches of his grace. Verse 8, we see that he lavished upon us his grace. Not only did he give us enough grace to save us, he didn't just give us enough grace to redeem us. He didn't just give us enough grace to wash us clean, but he gave us enough grace to be adopted as a son and it says here that he lavished his grace upon us it wasn't just enough grace to meet the need it was extra grace he gave us an extra portion of his love and his grace and his mercy 
he lavished it upon us in verse 8. In all wisdom and insight. Because not only did he give us the knowledge of his truth, he gave us his logos that John talks about in verse 1-1. He gave us his word, but he gave us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, understanding and insight along with his knowledge. Making known unto us, in verse 9, making known to us the mystery of his will. You see, the Bible says that before time, his gospel was not fully told to us, but now in due season, God has made known to everyone his wonderful story. God has made known to us the full mystery of his will, and his will is that all of us be saved, and that all of us walk in his purity and his holiness. Verse 9, he makes known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Christ was his purpose to redeem mankind from sin and death. Verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things in earth. So God had a plan for us. God gave us his plan, and his plan was to redeem all mankind, to, to take all things to himself, to unite all things to him. Things in heaven and things in earth. Verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance. So God gives us an inheritance. He gives us an inheritance of faith. He gives us his grace unworthily to us. He gives us his love. He gives us his mercy. He gives us son and daughtership he gives us an inheritance you see i received an inheritance when my grandfather died my mother received some and i received some it didn't happen because i did good things as a child it was solely and completely happened because of who i was i was a son it didn't happen because I was a good boy or a bad boy. It just happened because of who I was. I was a son of my father, and therefore I was due an inheritance. You see, God has adopted us into his family as a son or a daughter. And because he has chosen us as a son and a daughter, he can't write us out. And we shall receive an inheritance from him having been predestined according to his purpose and there it is he says because god predestined you and he chose you from out of the nations he chose you from all of humanity and he had a purpose for you according to the purpose of his will who works all things according to the counsel of his will verse 12 so that so here's the reason so that we who were the first to hope in Christ or believe in Christ might be to the praise 
of his glory. So here these Ephesians, some of the first generations to believe the gospel story of Jesus Christ. And Paul says you were some of the first to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he died for the sins of all humanity, and through him all nations of the world would be blessed. And you have received that inheritance that you could be the first fruits, the very first and best to be able to proclaim the gospel to others. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope or believe in Christ might be the be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, believed in him and were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So not only were we predestined, not only did we, were we adopted as a son and a daughter of him for his glory and his praise, in verse 13 we see that since we believe the gospel of the truth of salvation, he has sealed us. God has sealed us with what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an indwelling spirit, and it indwells our hearts and minds and goes with us. You see, when you, in, in these days, when you would write a letter to someone, probably like the letter here that he wrote to the Ephesians, you would seal it up, and then you would put some uh, wax there from a candle, and then you would take the seal that had your name on it, and you would stamp that seal onto that letter. And that, that seal would put it, leave an imprint on you, on that wax, and it would, you would see who had written it. So you see, if the king sent out a letter to someone in the kingdom, he put the kingly seal upon it. And that seal showed who the letter was from. So God here, he uses this imagery to say that he has put his seal. He has left an imprint on our souls. And that imprint is in the shape of the name of the person who sent it, God. God's seal, God's imprint is upon our hearts. The promised Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? You see, legal documents, the wills, if you wrote a will in that day, you'd seal a legal document, and it would stay sealed until you died. And when you died, you'd break that seal, and that would show that it was legal, and no one had tampered with it. So our inheritance was sealed by God through the Holy Spirit that we will acquire possession of it to the praise of and his glory. Verse 15, For this reason, because I have heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward the saints, he's talking to the Ephesians now, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, here's the next thing he gives us, 
he gives us, that he will give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So now we see that God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. What does his Holy Spirit give to us? It gives to us his wisdom. So that's knowledge acquired through time. And he gives us revelation, prophecy of knowing what's going to come because we have been made wise, because he has given us his knowledge and we've acquired the knowledge of God over time. That's wisdom. That wisdom allows us to see what's coming and we see what's going to happen. That's revelation in the knowledge of him. And here's my, one of my favorite verses in this chapter. In verse 18, he opens the eyes of our heart, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened. So he uses this metaphor here. We know our hearts don't have eyes, so we're not going to read this literally. But we are going to say that our hearts have been opened and brightened and the light of truth has shone upon our hearts and the eyes are what receive the light. So God has opened the eyes of our heart and enlightened them to him that you may know what is the hope to which he called you. What is the hope? The hope is his eventual return, that he will come, that he will call all those who believed in him to himself, and that he will eventually reign in heaven forever and forever. He has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So he says, we're talking about the mighty power of God, the same mighty power of God that he used to raise Jesus from the dead, that he worked through Christ on the cross and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. So the same mighty power that allowed Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that adopted in, us in as sons, that paid our price, redeemed our souls on the cross, and then the same mighty power that raised him from the dead and then seated him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as reigning king Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. He has put all things under his feet and gave him head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. So God has called us. He has blessed us. He has chosen us. He has predestined us. He has lavished his grace and his love upon us so that he could make known 
to us his will for us, to show us his plans, to call us as sons and daughters to his inheritance for his praise and his glory. And he has imparted upon us his Holy Spirit that brings us that spirit of wisdom that opens the eyes of our hearts, that shows us the hope of his calling, the greatness of his power, the authority and dominion that he has and shall have forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask in your precious name that you would show us the seal that you have placed upon our heart. Let us walk in understanding and in wisdom of your Holy Spirit. Let us operate in all of these spiritual gifts that you have given unto us, Lord. Let us understand the fullness of what you have given to us. Help us to understand with receptive hearts and that let the eyes of our hearts be open to the light of your truth that we may bring your gospel to a lost and dying world that needs you so desperately, Lord. Let us walk in all holiness and purity and goodness so that we can be an example to the lost world that they can see that we're different, that we're a peculiar people a holy nation. In Jesus' name we pray. Be with us as we leave and go our separate ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.